Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I'm your host, Paul Gant. For the next 60 minutes, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com. Again, some messages to the show on Twitter at Go For Again. And while you're there on Twitter at Go For Again, give me a follow at Go For Again. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rove, and, and we're going to talk to Willie about the untimely death of Will Smith. Uh, unfortunate situation there. Sad situation. Will Smith lost his life, and uh, his wife shot as well. An unfortunate act, incident there, and just a sad incident. And you know, so Willie, you know, is tied to New Orleans area, played with the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, we're going to talk to him about his thoughts on the life of Will Smith. Also, Ryder University assistant basketball coach. Marlon Gill will be joining us as we discuss the NBA playoffs that are here, here, and and live in color tomorrow. Should be very, 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 very exciting. Can't wait. It's going to be exciting. And and you know what? As as I look at the NBA playoffs, to me it comes down to, you know, it comes down to this. It comes down to this. To me, it comes down to what teams can beat the Golden State Warriors out west and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the east. What teams can beat them? Because as I I sit here today, I'm trying to find ways to, to, to get another team to the NBA Finals other than the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. And the more I think about it, the more I can't find that solution. I can't find that. I can't do it. And so reality is because I can't find it, because I can't do it, I'm just going to go throughout the course of the show trying to figure out what I can do to make this happen, to to, to make another team other than the Golden State Warriors get to the NBA Finals. Another, I uh, find a way to put another team in the NBA Finals, and I don't know if I can do it. But before I get to the playoffs, let's talk about what we saw in the last night of the season. Let, let, let's talk about what we saw. We saw two. there was two must-see games, Kobe and his farewell, and Golden State going for 73. And somebody asked me, and, you know, not asked, well, there was a big question asked, put out there, 
which one would you rather go to? If you had an opportunity to get a free ticket courtside seat, would it be Kobe's final game or would it be Golden State going for 73? And for me, it was simple. It was Kobe. Because the reality is, 20 years from now, maybe, you know, it was 20 years, the Bulls won 72 games 20 years ago. So maybe 20 years from now, I'll see a team get 74. Maybe. That's tough. To lose only eight games, that's, that's, that's tough. But anyway, maybe I'll see it years from now, 20 years from now. But the reality is I'll never see Kobe Bryant again. Kobe Bryant is done. He's retired. And I'll never, ever see him again. Just not happening. Just not going to be possible. Kobe is done. So to me, if I was given a free ticket to sit courtside, and you kind of know the Golden State situation, kind of the foregone conclusion playing the Memphis Grizzlies, a banked-up Memphis Grizzlies team, a team missing Gasol, Conley. You know, they're, they're banged up. Not, not the team they were coming into this season. But to me, there was no way. And, and you know, I guess you look at it, there's always a possibility that Golden State could lose to the um, uh Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors lose to the Memphis Grizzlies, you're pissed because you came and watched that game and see history. There's guarantees in Kobe's game. There's a guarantee that his this is probably more than likely his last game. He says his last game, and, you know, who knows what happens. You know, sometimes guys come back, and who knows? Maybe Kobe said, you know what, I got 60 on my way out. Maybe I should keep on playing. And Kobe could conceivably keep on playing if he wanted to. I mean, he, he he may not play. Obviously, he's not the Kobe Bryant that he once was. He's not the Kobe Bryant that arguably is is maybe the great one of the greatest top t- you know top ten greatest players in NBA history. He's not that guy anymore. But he could still contribute for a championship. He could he could still give you some quality minutes. He could still give you quality minutes. So if Kobe theoretically wanted to stick around, he could. I think that 60-point performance proved that he could. Is it a little bit of a garbage 60-point perform- performance? It's probably more, one of the more garbage. Can you even say garbage and 60-point performance? Like, do, do those two things go together? I, I mean, I'm just – and I say that, and I, I'll get to that later. But I say that because I was just, I, I was just looking around and looking at previous 60 – just looking at other 60-point performances – and I was looking at the amount of shots. I see Shaq, 35 shots. T-Mac, 37 shots. Kobe took 13 more than that. You know, uh, you know, Carl Malone was 26 shots. You know, I'm just going down looking at some of these numbers, man, of, of some of these 60-point performances and, you know, how many shots they took. D-Rob took 41 shots. Kobe took nine more. Nine more. Nine more shots. And, and so we'll, we'll get to that later in the show. But it, it was, can you say a garbage 61-point performance? Could you say it was kind of garbage? I don't know. You probably could. You probably could. I don't know. It, 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 it was a little bit of a garbage 
60-point performance, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that as we go throughout the course of the show. But anyway, it was the, the question came, let's go back to the question. The question was, what would you rather have done? Where would you rather have be? Obviously, I would have rather been at Kobe and the Lakers. I'd rather watch that game because I know Kobe is probably not going to play again. And I know because he's not going to play again, he's not going to play again. So I, I got to take him at his word. And, and you know, I, I don't think he's coming back. But, you know, guys like Kobe, he's going to have a difficult time finding something to do. And you hear guys say all the time, you know, I want this opportunity to spend time with my family so on and so forth, and they end up really not spending much time with their family because they're not used to it. I mean, they they, they say it, it sounds good, but you, these guys are used to, uh, you know, being on the road, playing 82 games, you know, from September to going from, you know, training camp in September to October, all the way to November, and all the way out to, to June, you know, in some cases. But if you're lucky, you know, April, May, you know, you're not used to being around your family. You're not used to spending all this time with his family. Kobe, you know, is a young man, so he's going to have to, he's got a, uh, you know, he's a very competitive guy, so he's going to have to find something to to occupy his time, and that's not going to be very easy. Basketball was his life, and I know, you know, he 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 started to, you know, he him the basketball relationship he had with basketball, you know, started to change a little bit as he wrote in that letter when he decided he was going to retire. But at the same time, I mean, what is a guy like Kobe going to do? You know, what, what is he going to do? I mean, he's going to play, spend time with his kids. He says he is, but he's probably not used to doing all that. So I don't know. I mean, it should be interesting. He says he's retired. I believe he's retired. I don't think he's coming back. But I'm just interested in what he's going to do. Is he going to turn to, like, a, a Michael Jordan or maybe a Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson be a big-time businessman. You know, Michael Jordan just still selling sneakers. You know, Magic Johnson's buying up movie theaters left and right. So is that what he's going to do? I don't know. But, you know, one thing I do know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what Kobe Bean Bryant does moving forward. We're going to bring in a guy now as as we prepare for the NBA playoffs, which gets started tomorrow. Four games tomorrow, four games on Sunday. And it's going to be a beautiful Next couple months here as we watch NBA basketball and we see who is going to get to the NBA Finals and ultimately who's going to win it all. Let's bring him in now. Ryder, University Assistant Basketball Coach, Marlon Gill. Marlon. Hey, Paul. How you doing, man? How are you? I'm doing good. I can't complain. How about yourself? Can't complain as well. Let let let's get right down to it, man. I mean, let, let's start with Kobe's sixty point game. You know, and and I don't want to. Well, let me say this. I, I'm just look. I was looking at previous sixty point performances, and I'm seeing guys shooting thirty shots. I'm seeing guys shooting forty shots, but I ain't seeing guys shooting fifty shots. Now, now, you know, six, you know, sixty points to sixty points. Well, let me ask you this. Is it a kind of a garbage 60-point game, or is it a such thing as a garbage 60-point game? No, there, there's no such thing as a 60-point game. I, I wish I had some of my players that could drop 60 in a game right now. I, I, I sign <laughs> up for that every day of the week. But, uh, you know, no, there's no such thing as a 60-point game. And, you know, I, I know people are – saying it took him 50 shots 
but if you look at his efficiency, he went 22 of 50 from the field. That's 44%. I'm sure that there are a lot of coaches, whether it's in the NBA, college basketball, high school basketball, AAU, they would love for their guy at the two-guard spot to shoot 44% from the field. That's a high number nowadays. So for Kobe to go and shoot 44% from the field and go get 60, I I tip my hat off to him, man. And that might have been more impressive than his 80-point performance, uh, his 60-plus point performances in in his career, uh, just for the way that he did it. It it looked like the Kobe of old. And, And let's be honest, you know, we've had a chance to watch Kobe this year and we probably flipped the channel, you know, watching them on, on this <laughs> farewell tour here and there. But, uh, you know, you wanted to keep watching that game the other night. And granted, you know, the Jazz didn't have much to play for, and they knew that going into the game, you know, they were missing favors, missing Gobert and, and a couple other guys. But, you know, you can't take that performance away from Kobe. It, it was unbelievable. Uh, the only thing missing, man, from that kind of game with three things, I thought, you know, he, he looked like Kobe with the afro back in the day, dropping that 60. Uh, <laughs> you almost wish that it was at the form, you know, with the dimmer lighting. And, uh, okay. you know, he probably just wished that, that Chick Hearn was around it to see that kind of performance, to see Kobe go out. But, you know, tip your hat off to Kobe, man. It was a great career, great way to go out. I, I guarantee you every – Hall of Fame or, or just average basketball guy would love to go out that way, whether it's in a professional game, a pickup game, a CYO game. We'd all love for our last game to be a 60-point performance. And, uh, you know, I, I think it just showed Kobe's greatness. Uh, and, and, you know, the league and, and basketball as a whole is going to miss him. For sure. And, and, and you know, I, I mean, I, I like you said, I mean, there really is no such thing as a garbage 60-point game, but – you know, it, it was obviously being the t- the type of season he's had, considering his age, the oldest to score fifty plus points. You know, I mean, it it, it it was an incredible performance. It was an amazing performance, and it was it was Kobe. I think it epitomized who he is as a player. You know, and and I think you know it. Who can go out better? Unless you're Michael Jordan the first time around and you hit a jump shot. The first time around, it probably should have been the last time around, but when you hit the jump shot against the Utah Jazz to win the championship, I mean, there's really not many better, you know, not better ways you can go out. 60-point game is a 60-point game, but it was it was, it was, was an amazing performance, and I, I didn't expect it out of him, especially after he missed those first few shots. I'm like, there's no way this guy can – I thought it was going to be a garbage game for him, but he – Kobe. And, you know, the, the, the way – the way he started that game, man, looked like me in intramurals once I decided it was over. And that was at 26-27. So, uh, you know, for Kobe to do this into his late 30s or 36, 37, whatever he is exactly, man, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and like I said, it's uh, the privilege to watch him, uh, you know, to see that kind of greatness. And to be honest, I don't think we'll see those kind of guys Again, you know, you and I have had this discussion about the way basketball is going. Everybody's too friendly. You know, Kobe's really the last of the dying breed that, that's out there, man, with guys that have that killer mentality. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're definitely going to miss a guy like Kobe playing the game of basketball. For sure. And no doubt about it. And 
again, a tremendous performance and a great way to go out. Uh, if we actually think about it, could Kobe still play? I mean, he still could give a team 20, 25 minutes of some good basketball if he wanted to. No, you know what? He could, but you know what? This is what I respect about Kobe. You see guys sometimes hold on to it too long. And, uh, you know, with Kobe, we saw that he knew that, hey, this is it. If I can't play at that high level like I'm used to playing, then there's no need for me to play. You know, there's no need for him to be out here looking like Tree Rock. We don't need that. You know, we had a good time watching him, and we want to remember the good things about Kobe. You know, we don't want to have a, you know, career where it's like, oh, man, he should have gave it up five years ago, should have did this, did that. No, he's stepping away at the right time. If he doesn't have the oomph to give give the game, why stay? So I, I can't fault him at all. And, and like I said, uh, you know, the game's going to miss him. That will be my line. Uh for the night during our conversation, the game is going to miss him <laughs> for sure. And it's almost like, like you said, you know, like seeing Patrick Ewing in a Magic uniform, seeing Akeem Olajuwon in a Raptors uniform. I mean, those guys at the end were, were holding on. And to your point, you necessarily don't want to see that for a guy of the level of Kobe Bryant. So, to your point, you are absolutely right. Maybe it is just the right time. I mean, it is the right time to go out, Kobe for as great as he was, just didn't have it. He still has a little bit, but he's not the guy that we all knew and love. And, and the reality is, it is time to go. Another thing that we saw on the final night of regular season, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, 73 victories, beating the Memphis Grizzlies. First and foremost, can 73 be beaten? No. I, I don't I don't think so. Uh and the reason being, in, in today's game, you know, everybody wants to take a rest. You know, you see a lot of guys, GMPs, coaches, decision, rest. I, I don't know what, what that is. That's that's new to me, uh, you know. But the reason why you won't see 73 again, a lot of things have got to go right. You've got to stay healthy the entire course of the year. I mean, you, you look at the Warriors' main guys, Green, Curry, Thompson, you know, I, I think that they all played at least 70 games, if not more, this year. You know, th- that's impressive, uh, you know, with, with the rigors of the NBA. Now, I know things have changed, you know, with all the uh, healing the healing process and things of that nature. Uh, you know, guys can recover quicker. But, you know, 73 games, that's a lot of games, man. Uh, and things have just got to – go right. And if it is beaten, I think it would be the Warriors that do it because all their guys are young. I mean, yeah, they're all, they're all under 27 years old, 28 years old. So if it is done again, it, I would probably think it would be, be done by them. And they look like they enjoy playing together, uh, you know, which is totally different than what you see now in, in basketball as a whole. You know, we, we have the me generation. Uh, you know, it's all about me. It's all about what I can do uh, to help myself. Those guys actually look for one another, uh, passing the ball. You know, I, uh, it's like, hey, Curry might have a good shot. Well, Clay might have a better shot. Let me pass it to him and say, hey, you take the shot. And it's like, well, Draymond might have a better drive, and let me pass it to him, and he'll drive. And, 
that'll open up a shot for Harrison Barnes, who you weren't even thinking was going to shoot it. You know, and when guys play that way and love to play with one another, I can tell you what, it made Luke Walton and Steve Kerr's job a lot easier this year to have those kind of guys in your locker room that want to play together and play for one another. It just makes your job easier. But uh, to go back to your point, can 73 be beaten? I can't see it happening, but we didn't think 72 could be beaten. So That's true. who knows? But that's, I mean, you got to win another game. I mean, 72 is, is huge and big in itself. 73, then you, somebody's got to do 74? I mean, you got to be, that's amazing. But back to your point, you, you talked about uh, the amount of games these guys played. Uh, these guys played Curry, 79, Clay, 80, Draymond, 81. So, I mean, their big three. Average eighty games. I mean, amongst the three, eighty games. These three, these guys have been out there throughout the course of this season. They've been there, and they've been a pillar of health over the past couple of seasons. That's one of the reasons they won it last year, and it may be one of the reasons they do it again. I, I, I'm just, you know, this kind of off the topic, but I'm looking at Draymond Green and his numbers. Is is he almost like the the Warriors version of, of Scottie Pippen from the standpoint? You know, 14 points a game, doing it on the rebounds, doing it with the assists, and he's a big-time defender. Is it almost like he's the Warriors version of Scottie, Scottie Pippen on some level? No, I don't think so because I don't think he has the athleticism that Scottie had. And you know what, man, it's a different different time now. I mean, when Scottie played, it was a lot tougher to, uh, you know, get to the basket. Like, if you got to the basket, you knew that you were getting hit from somewhere. You just didn't know where it was coming from. You know, but now you've got the uh, protected arc circle in the paint. You know, that helps a lot. Uh, You know, the game's more spaced out. You know, I I don't think, uh, you know, and don't get me wrong, Draymond's a, a very good player. Uh, you know, he surpassed all of the expectations I had for him coming out of college uh, of, of being – I thought he was overweight in college, and now he slimmed down. And, and you know, he's found his, his niche uh, in the NBA, and that's what sure. it's really become now at, at that level. You know, you have a guy like, hey, if you have a specialty, you'll be in the league. And if you can do that specialty and something else, then you'll really stay stay in the league and so on and so on. And I think uh, Draymond just found his niche of the new new age power forward, uh, point forward, excuse me, uh, you know, a-, a la Anthony Mason to what he was, uh, rest in peace to okay. Anthony Mason, uh, you know, with how he was with the Knicks in, in the mid-'90s uh, and things of that nature. But I, I don't think Draymond's on Scotty's level. I think Draymond's on Draymond's level. Um, and, and he knows that. I think he would be – the first to say that, hey, you know, I, I like to be Draymond Green rather than Scottie Pippen, and you know, there'll never be another Scottie Pippen, and you know, I don't think there'll ever be another Draymond Green with, you know, the things that he can bring to the basketball court. But uh, Scottie was just in a different, you know, atmosphere of his own, man. I, I think uh, without Scottie, Michael doesn't get his championships. I, I think. For sure. uh, Curry and Clay Thompson, I think they would get one if you had another guy 
similar to Draymond. You know, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. It makes a lot of sense. But is it, are, are they out there? I mean, uh, you know, that skill set, that ability to defend, that ability to to be almost a point forward on some level. I mean, uh, I, I, I think so. I mean, there's I, stuff. I, I think, yeah, there, there, there are a couple guys out there. I mean, you look at a uh, look at a Iguodala. Iguodala is probably yeah. not as big as Green, but he brings the same intangibles. Yeah, he he might be a little longer and, and can defend guys uh, both on the perimeter and in the post uh, if, if need be. Uh, and, and you know there are a couple guys in the league that can that can do that. The thing that I think that sets Draymond apart is you know he, he's got that swag to him that you know I'm that guy you know out here right now. I'm going to be the enforcer. I'm going to be the intimidator, and there's nothing you can do about it. We're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gilmar, and here's how I want to look at the NBA playoffs. To me, I look at it this way. Out east, who can beat Cleveland? Out west, who can beat Golden State? Let's start out in the east. I look at the Cavaliers. They are the best team in the Eastern Conference. I know Toronto's 56-26. and 26. And I know Miami, you know, finished strong, made a nice move, getting Joe Johnson in there. But at the end of the day, just just looking at the Eastern Conference, and, and we all believe that – you believe Cleveland's the favorite, I, I, I'm assuming? Uh, you know, they, they are the favorite, but I, I will say this. A, a team that uh, nobody's talking about, and maybe I'm a little biased for for various reasons, uh, I don't think it'll be an easy first round matchup for the Cavaliers with the Pistons. Uh, re- reason being, everybody knows my, my my love for my guy Andre Drummond. Uh, you know, he's like family to me, and I think he's just getting better and better uh, every day. You know, albeit he won't return some of my calls back, but that's okay. Um, you know, him, him Andre Drummond matching up against Cleveland's front court won't be easy for Cleveland. And, yeah, you can say they can probably bring him out on the perimeter. Well, Kevin Love wants no part of him in the post, so he has to play on the perimeter. And Andre can move his feet enough if he's got to step out and guard a guy like Kevin Love. Uh, on the inside, you know, Tristan Thompson's great with his athleticism, but Andre is just as athletic and much bigger. And Tristan Thompson's big. And I've seen uh, Andre Drape over Tristan, you know, standing next to one another. So that that won't be easy. Uh, you know, Matthew Delavadova playing the backup guard role, trying to guard Reggie Jackson, won't be easy. It won't be easy for Kyrie to guard Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, I think, is uh, on the ascension into the talks of top five point guards in the league. I think he can be that good. Uh, and, and with that being said, you know, just a sidebar, could you imagine if Oklahoma could have kept all those guys with Reggie Jackson, James Harden, Westbrook, and uh, and Durant? I mean, it just goes to show you that what their front office is doing, they're doing a great job with evaluating talent and, and getting They draft great. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it will be easy for, uh, for Cleveland in that first round. I mean, the Pistons have nothing to lose. They're all young guys that are just playing just to play. 
Uh, and, and, you know, they're very reminiscent of that, those early Timberwolf teams with uh, Kevin Garnett, Marbury, and uh, Gugliotta had no care in the world. Let's just go out and play and let's see what happens. And, you know, I, I think the Cavs will eventually win that series, but it would probably be in six games or, or maybe even seven. I don't think it would be a cakewalk for the Cavs like everybody thinks it will be. I actually think Cleveland will win in five, but I think it might be a competitive five-game series. To your point, I think Detroit can play them, can play them tough. They split the season series. I don't know how much you can buy into, read into that. But I think it's going to be a nice, competitive five-game series. But, you know, like you said, Detroit is a team on the rise. You know, they're, they're ascending. And, and, you know, this is good for them to get that playoff experience, get their feet wet, and kind of move forward from there. But if you if you look at the rest, I mean, a lot of people talk about the Miami Heat, especially with that move of Joe Johnson as one of those teams that could possibly beat the Cavaliers. And if they were Cavaliers, it would have to be in the conference finals. Can the Heat, other than, what what team are you saying, you know what, this team can beat the Miami Heat, not the Miami Heat, can beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in a seven-game series? Uh, What team can beat the Cavs? Uh... You know what, I would say if Toronto can get out of the first round, you know, for as good as Toronto is, those guys haven't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. You know, last year, you know, people forget they got swept in in, in the first round. So, you know, it's not like they're, you know, proven. You know, they, they play well during the regular season. You know, you might have the best backcourt maybe in the league with uh, Kyle Lowry and, and DeRozan but you know in, in the playoffs man the stakes raise you, you know rise you know 10 times more than games during the regular season and, and you got to be able to step up I think uh, you know Toronto what they've been able to do past couple of years in the regular season they're ready to take that step and uh, you know give a challenge to Cleveland you know the, the guards are older now They've got some big guys up front, you know, sidebar. Ryder alum Jason Thompson's finally found his niche uh, and will finally get a chance to play in the playoffs, and hopefully he does well because then Ryder will do well. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> that they have on, on their roster, he, he plays well. Uh, you know, Terrence Ross on the defensive end and getting out in, in the open floor, he, he plays well. So I, I think if Toronto can get out of this first round and, you know, get that monkey off their back, we could probably see them uh, give Cleveland a little run for their money. Uh, another team, man, that, that you know people won't talk about because they don't have a sexy name, uh, so to speak. But I think they have one of the best coaches in, in the league, if not the best. That's probably underrated. I, I think the Celtics. You know, I watched the Celtics okay. the other night uh, against the Miami Heat, and, and they were done for in, in that game at Boston the other night and somehow found a way to come back and, and get that win. And, and, you know, the way Brad Stevens coaches is going to give his team a chance to win a game every night. And, you know, he's great at making adjustments. And, you know, we know that that's what the playoffs are about, and to make adjustments from game one to game seven or however long you have to get uh, to get out of the series. So I, I think uh, Boston as well could present a challenge. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Cleveland has a guy that's 6'9", 260, and he's pretty good. <laughs> Very good. 
We're talking about a university assistant basketball coach. Marlon Gitter. Marlon, we look at the Western Conference, obviously Golden State Warriors, 73-9. I look at three teams. I look at the top four teams. You know, the Clippers, Warriors series intrigues me from the standpoint, the Clippers and their size. Obviously, OKC, if they can get by the San Antonio Spurs, they intrigue me because of Durant and Westbrook. And obviously, you got the San Antonio Spurs. For obvious reasons, 67-win basketball team, and you win 67 games in your second in your conference, but that's the greatness of the Golden State Warriors. But you look at the San Antonio Spurs, 67-win team, big-time basketball team. Who, I mean, obviously the Spurs, I think, could be could give give the Warriors a tough series if not beat them. OKC can give them a tough series. I don't think they can beat them. I think the Clippers can give them a tough series, but I don't think they can beat them. But... Uh, out of the three teams that I named, who has the best opportunity to beat the Golden State Warriors? Uh, uh, this this sounds crazy because I would I would say the Spurs, you know, for, for various reasons. Uh, you know, I hold Greg Popovich in high regards, uh, the same way I hold Brad Stevens. Uh, you know, the, those two guys to me are probably uh, the two best coaches uh, in, in the NBA. Uh, but I would say Oklahoma, and reason being, they're another team that nobody's talking about. They're just flying underneath the radar. Uh, but one thing that we have seen with Oklahoma uh, over the course of the past three, four, five years, when the lights are on, their stars perform, and that's what the playoffs are about. You know, Russell Westbrook had – I don't even know how many triple doubles he had this year. It was an unbelievable number uh, this year. Yeah, and, and he's he's on the cusp of putting himself into not only the best point guard in the league, if not already, one of the best players uh, in the league. You know, top five range. And you know, you got Kevin Durant who can do whatever he wants with the basketball. He can score. You know, he can defend. You know, the knock on Kevin Durant has always been how soft he is, you know, to a certain degree. But now he's getting older. He understands that, hey, the window is still open, but, you know, it, it might be sliding a little bit. I got to put a fork in between the window so to keep it uh, from dropping a little bit. So I, I think he'll have a big playoff series, uh, you know, in his first round and moving forward. And I, I can see Oklahoma presenting a problem for uh, – Golden State down the road, and, and yeah, and, and if you know the, the thing is, if they can get there, because they're going to have to go through the San Antonio Spurs, and that's going to be a heck of a series. I mean, the way that the, I mean, I'm looking at the the Western Conference, and especially in the second round, the second round could be the second round could be great, where you have a situation: Warriors, Clippers, OKC, San Antonio. You're looking at. I think the Clippers can push the Warriors. They won't beat them, but I think they can push them. I think that second round could be great in the Western Conference. Uh, I'll beg to differ with you with the Clippers because of Blake Griffin. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, no disrespect to Blake Griffin. I just don't. Uh, I just don't see it in them, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Golden State just has too much for uh, for the Clippers to overcome if the Clippers can get out of the first round. 
Uh, you know, Chris Paul is a big-time competitor. Uh, just one thing with the playoffs, man, and just with basketball as a whole, you know, to win games, it's tough. And you have to limit distractions. The Clippers have had distractions from July 1st going to DeAndre Jordan's house and locking him inside until midnight. <laughs> you, had, you had that fiasco go on. Uh, then you had, you know, Josh Smith and Lance Stevenson on the team, you know, play slap boxing on the bench during the game. Like, who does that? <laughs> you know, the Blake Griffin incident with the equipment equipment manager, it's too many distractions, man, and you can't win that way. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I kind of feel sorry for, for Doc Rivers in that regard because he's a great player's coach, but when you have all that stuff going on, man, it's, it's hard to overcome that and and, and win. And, uh, you know, they sail through the regular season. But now, you know, like I said, the stakes are high, and I, I just can't see the Clippers uh, presenting a problem to the Warriors. You don't think with the size that they have, also with the addition of Jeff Green, who gives them a level of versatility with, you know, DeAndre and Blake and that size, you don't see where the Clippers could possibly – I'm not saying beat them, but maybe take them to six. I think four. <laughs> and, and that's being All nice. Right. They, lucky, they lucky it wouldn't be a five-game series. It would be three. Okay. We're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. Marlon, before we get out of here, um, Carmelo Anthony, you know, he's did some talking uh, uh, today. He said he had a they said he had a very honest talk with Nick's management and he said, you know, quote, I think that the main question, how can we take advantage of this window? How can we take advantage of the situation that we have in front of us? Mello, thirty one years old and reality in and life, life is a trade off. Mello had an opportunity to possibly go to Chicago. He chose to go back to New York. Chose to stay in New York. His, you know, his, his wife Lala. She's a New Yorker. He, he chose to get the money, and now with that decision that he's made, he, he is basically a part of pretty much somewhat of a rebuilding process, a retooling, rebuilding, however you want to call it in New York. Your thoughts on Melo's comments? I love Melo's comments, but Melo can't say what I would want to say, and that's get rid of this triangle. We don't need the triangle in, in New York City. You know, tri- the triangle, New York City is the big apple. And what shape is an apple? Close to a uh, circular shape or oval shape? I don't even know what you would call an apple shape. Round? I don't know. It's not, it's round. It's not, a, it's not a triangle. Get the triangle out of here. Uh, get Tom Thibodeau in here, a guy that has some respect and is demanding from day one. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a rebuilding process, but I think the Knicks have some pieces. Obviously, Carmelo, you know, uh, Porzingis, who I wasn't a fan of at the time of the draft pick, but he turned out to be a lot better. Uh, I'm a big Grant fan, Jerry and Grant fan. I, I think uh, he just needed to play some more. And I, I'm convinced uh, Jose Calderon and Sasha, Sasha Bujic, must have some kind of pictures or something on Nick's management to why they, why they still play. It is beyond me and baffling. Uh, it, it hurts to watch those two guys play in particular. 
uh, you know, for as good as Jose Calderon is in the Olympics, he somehow can't seem to get it going during the NBA regular season. That's baffling to me. I, I, I can't put it together of how you can play well during uh, the Olympics and you can't play well during the NBA season. Um, you know, so the Knicks do have some pieces. Uh, I, I thought Derek Williams showed flashes this year, and then they went away from him. Lance Thomas showed flashes this year, and then he got hurt, and, and you know, that kind of set him back. But there, there are some guys to to build around. Um, you know, Kurt Rambis didn't succeed in Minnesota. What makes him think that he can succeed in New York? you got to get a guy that's been through it before. Tom Thibodeau was here as an assistant during the Knicks' glory day. He knows what it takes, uh, has done it as an assistant, He's done it as a head coach, uh, you know, and I think he can do it again. He, he would be a, a great starting point with this whole quote-unquote rebuilding. Uh, you know, maybe Mark Jackson, you, you bring him in, or I even throw this out here. My guy, my guy needs a shot. Patrick Ewing, let's bring, bring Patrick back. Like you said, seeing Patrick go play in an <laughs> Orlando Magic uniform, uh, Seattle Sonics uniform, that wasn't him. You know, to see him coach now in Charlotte, that's not him. Bring him back to New York. You know, give him a shot. Uh, you know, these are all things that need to be considered. But, you know, I work at Ryder. I don't work for the Knicks uh, or any other organization. You know, those guys know what they're doing, and hopefully they figure something out because, uh, you know, New York's yearning to at least just get back to the playoffs. Uh, and we'll leave it there. Marlon, appreciate you, man. And, and before you get out of here, real quick, Warriors, did they do it again? Uh, uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say okay. yes. They, they, they do it again. They end up, uh, to my surprise, they'll end up knocking the Toronto Raptors in four. Really? All right, that's interesting. We'll see. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> no, no problem, man. As always, uh, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, my apologies again for last week, man. So, uh, yeah, all I good, definitely all wanted good. to make sure we spoke. So I appreciate it, man. No problem. Hopefully we can get you on throughout the course of these playoffs and get your insight. No, sounds good. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Marlon Guild, Wright University assistant basketball coach, giving his insight on the upcoming NFL playoffs. We're going to bring another guy in. Hall of Famer Willie Rope get his take on, you know, what is you know Kobe Bryant the sixty point game and how he went out. I mean, he went out. That's a great way to go out. But let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer Willie Rope. Willie, how's it going, Paul? How are you? Good. A lot of people are saying um, Kobe Bryant uh, he, he took it easy. To, to his last game, and uh, you know, you know, you want to leave everybody one more, and I think he did. I mean, what he did, I was there, Devin Buster's with a friend of mine from Connecticut with his family, and we were, everybody was, it was a packed house in there, and Kobe um, really did good on the show. For sure, a 60 point game, obviously, a big time 60 point game, big time performance. Let me ask you this what was your last game like? It was a win. Uh, we finished up ten and six. That was the year I got hurt some, and um, 
had a good game. We played against Cincinnati at home and uh, won the game, and we went 10-6, but um, uh, they beat us out. We didn't get in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, the AFC West was real tough then, and we, did, we went 10-6 and didn't make the playoffs my last game. All right, so you went, you went out a winner just like Kobe. Yeah, we had a winner as a team, but, uh, yeah, we had a little better record than them, but, like I said, we didn't make the playoffs. For sure. And, uh, let, me, let me ask you this now. And You know, I know you're a big NBA guy. Is there anybody out west in your mind that can beat the Golden State Warriors? Uh, I don't think it's San Antonio. I think they got San Antonio's number. I would have thought San Antonio, but they, they, they wanted to send a message to San Antonio that they don't think they can beat them. I, I don't know if that would change. Uh, looking at the West, over in San Antonio. Um, How about the Clippers? I don't know who can beat them in seven. Uh, you know, Oklahoma City is, is good, but I just don't think they have enough firepower around the board to beat them. The only team that can play with them, who I would have think that would give them more of a challenge, would have been the Spurs, but... Uh, you know, they're a little older, some some of those guys. So, I just don't know. They have so much talent on going to state from top to bottom. I don't know. And, and, and if, if Curry doesn't beat you, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, it was Curry and Steph had to do the shooting. Now the other guys are playing so good. You know, I don't think Curry's got to shoot well all the time for them to win the game. And that, and that makes it tougher. If he does, then it's uh, lights out if those guys get hot. Yeah, and I think I think that the only team, in my opinion, not the only team, well, the only team in the West I think that could beat the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series is probably, I mean, I have, well, two teams. I have to say the Spurs. I still think the Spurs with the, some of the size that they have and, you know, the way they play, there's a 67-win team. They have a chance. Not saying they will, but they have a chance. But I think uh, OKC, because of Westbrook, because of Durant, and because of their ability to fill it up, I mean, Westbrook yeah, but, but somebody else is going to have to score something for them, though, Paul. That's the problem with them. Somebody sure. else on that team is going to have to score to give them some type of offense, you know, because somebody's got to got to go, and they just don't have that third person. Now, if they stayed together and brought in that third guy that could score, that would help them. But they need some other option that's going to be able to take the pressure off them, too. That is true. And, and you know, that's when you need a guy like a Deion Waiters. Maybe to step up. And it's Cantner, one of those guys, possibly to step up and kind of fill that void and be that next guy. But the, the thing is, you got two guys in Durant and Westbrook who can give you 40. You know, you two guys that can steal a game for you. So, with that being said, I mean, I think that gives. I'm yeah, not saying but, 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 then, but then you got Draymond Green giving you a triple double. Draymond Green is the Scotty Pippen of them. You know, you got two guys that can score. You got Draymond, Draymond Green filling up the box score. You still got Iguodala who can score. And then you got Harrison Barnes that's coming off the bench giving you giving you offense. So I mean, I mean, it's just you keep going down the line. I mean, they got some guys that can play. So I just it's just you, you it's too many of them. Yeah, I mean, and, um, let me let me ask you this then. I mean, you're a big LeBron guy. Is can, can LeBron and the Cavaliers beat the Golden State Warriors? I think they can. Not to say they will, but I think they can. 
if, if they play their A, a game and if those guys step up and really play, they won't have a chance. Cause they got, I like, I like sending fry, picking him up. I like the guys the Cavs have. Um, I think the Warriors are a better team than they were last year. I think, uh, uh, you know, obviously Steph is MVP and, and, and you know, averaging averaging the points he did, shooting fifty percent, leading the league in, in uh, free throw percentage, and and averaging over two steals a game. You know, I mean, he, he you know those guys are doing it more on both ends. I will say this: uh, that Bulls team when they made that run, they didn't get beat by some of the teams the Warriors got beat beat by, and they don't they didn't show up some games when they let. You know, the Lakers beat them, and some teams that they shouldn't have beat them beat them. Some of those games, and uh, uh, I mean, you know, you know, I want Cleveland to win, win the series, and I think it will be Cleveland and uh, Golden State again in the finals. But um, Cleveland's going to play some some serious basketball, and hopefully, all those guys stay healthy, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it's it's going to be interesting. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rove. If Golden State wins this series. Are they the greatest team of all time? If they win the whole, if they win this whole thing, are they the greatest team of all time? <clears throat> I mean, seventy three wins. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say of all time. I, I, you, I think you have to look at errors. And, and, and if they went, if they went back to back. Um, and if they won that series, and if they won another one, let's say they won another one in, in this 10-year stretch, I'm going to say they were the best team of this, of this era. I'm not going to say the best of all time. When I say era, I mean the last, you know, 10, you know, 10, 10 15 years or whatever. I mean, that Laker team that was in the, in the, in with Shaq and those guys were good. That Bulls team was good. Those Celtics teams back in the day. So, I, I mean, you can't say the best all the time. You can say they're the best of this this era. It's a little different league now. For sure. And they would have averaged, you know, counting last season, 67, 73 this year, on average 70, 70 wins over the past two seasons on average. And I believe the Bulls, actually the Bulls have averaged, I think they won 72 and then they came back and won 69 a year after. So, you know, obviously that's around that same number as well. We're talking to Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe, and, and, and Willie, you know, changing subjects a little bit. We saw uh, Will Smith, the sad, sad story of Will Smith. They had a memorial out there in New Orleans. You know, you're, you knew Will Smith a little bit. Your thoughts on, on, on Will Smith the man. Who was Will Smith the man? Well, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and say I love Will Smith the man. In my in my, my, my times, I met Matt Will. He always seemed very nice, polite. He respected the guys that played the game. Uh, he never seemed like he was uh, um, a hot-haired person. He walked around with an attitude. He just seemed like a nice, genuine guy. He was team captain for the team for a number of years he played there, was the top defense to play on the line for the Super Bowl team. Uh, and I will say that uh, very sad that Hokie guys on passed away uh, to play the LSU Louisiana boy that played for the Saints and uh, you know when I was playing for uh, the, the uh, Louisiana Tech my coach had played with Hokie and Hokie came down in my freshman year he was asking about me and and I uh, was was a scout for the Saints for a long time so uh, Hokie guys on passed away too and uh, you know it's sad it's my birthday this weekend or Monday and um you know, what's going on in the ones with Will and Hawkins funeral today, um, 
you know, life certain promise tomorrow, you take advantage of it. But the way we'll die, and I don't think anybody should die getting shot like that, his wife getting shot, and the man getting shot in the street like that. It's just a little, little bit ridiculous. Yeah, it is definitely a sad, sad story. You hate to see a man with children go out like that. I mean, you know, young man. You know, nobody that young should be dying. You know, and it's just it's just sad and it's just senseless violence. And hopefully, you know, moving forward, people can learn from it and try to be better. Well, nobody nobody deserves deserves to get shot like that. You know, and even in this, uh, I don't know what they're gonna do about some of these gun laws in some of these cities where they have these people that really don't need to be carrying anything that are carrying guns and. Uh, uh, eventually, hopefully, they'll they'll just figure it out, you know, what to do about it. But some of these people don't need to be, a lot of them don't need to be carrying anything. For sure. And, and 34 years old and just just sad, just just a sad, sad story. And, uh, you know, obviously you prayers out to the family of Will Smith. I, I want to ask you this now and, you know, switching topics again. Um, Johnny Mandel, you know, we... we Seen him, you know, on TMZ. Seen you on TMZ too, but we saw Johnny on TMZ talking about, you know, how he's living with Von Miller and, you know, how you know he's he's still going to he's still partying. You know, we have a story out now where you know he may have damaged a rental house that you know fifty some odd thousand dollars in damage at a excuse me almost twenty thousand dollars in damage from a rental property that he was renting, and, you know, he had parties there at his house and so on and so forth. And now you got Drew Rosenhaus, his, his agent now, who said that he, he's looking to terminate the contract with Johnny. Johnny needs to go to rehab, so on and so forth. Your thoughts on Johnny Manziel what you're seeing from him? Well, well, even more than that, I'm looking at Josh Gordon. Why are you hanging out with Johnny Manziel? You know, you're, you're an excellent football player, had a great year that year. You know, now, now, now you get jumping out in your 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 career again. Johnny Manziel has not learned the lesson. You know, why are these guys in L.A.? You know, L.A. is a party town. You're gonna go out in L.A. You're gonna hang out. You got all these people in L.A. It's 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 a it's a hard influence on you. So why are these guys even in Los Angeles anyway? I understand they want to work out at um, Jay Glazer's place. So I think that's where uh, Josh is working out. Uh, but. You shouldn't even be in Los Angeles. Why aren't you somewhere where it's quiet, where you can work out, not get in any trouble, and mind your business? If, that, if I was in that situation, that's where I would be. I wouldn't be in Los Angeles. So just I don't understand what he's doing, and does he really want to play football? Does he, does he want to hang out? I don't know. But the way it looks to me, he doesn't, he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to be a professional football player. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, he's, he's, he's just out there playing, acting like he's a he's still in college, acting like a old college kid. He's not in college anymore. It's time for him to grow up. And, and hopefully, you know, he gets himself into rehab, and hopefully he does grow up. And, and you know, Josh Gordon, obviously, just there's reports out that he failed another drug test. And, and I mean, you know, I, I do have a problem with, with – the NFL testing for marijuana at this point being that it, it's being legalized in different parts of the country. I, so I do have kind of a problem with it, but at the end of the day, you know, you're well, a guy. Well, hold on, Paul. Didn't he get a DUI or something? The problem with, with Josh, once you get on the program and you have been in trouble before, right. you have a certain time period, you cannot get in trouble. 
So it doesn't matter if they legalize that. If they legalize it and they do allow people to do it, they're not going to let him do it because he's gotten in trouble before. And as long as you're on that program, they let you know if you can drink or what you can do when you can do it. I was on that program for two years. And once you're on that program, I don't know if they tested him while he was not, while he wasn't reinstated. But for that time period, if you're still in the NFL, wherever you go, they're gonna they're gonna give you a urine test. So that's just part of the program. So it's up to him to follow the guidelines. And if if he, if, if he gets reinstated and he's on that and part of the program, when you get back reinstated, they're gonna drug test him maybe the rest of his career. So he just can't do it. So when you were in the program, how often did you get tested? They test you in the off season, wherever you go. When you leave, okay. when, they, when you're on the program after football season ends, you have to call them anytime you leave, go anywhere. If I go to a hotel, I came to my house in California, wherever I went, I had to give them my, my address, I had to give them my phone number, and if they pulled up whatever morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, I had to get them in your stuff on the next hour. That's how the program works. I don't care if you go to Europe, I don't care where you go. They got somebody that's going to come test you. Okay. All right. All right. And, and I mean, you know, but I, I'm saying from the standpoint moving forward, don't you think on some level moving forward the league should? I mean, people use it marijuana for for healing purposes. Shouldn't at this point the league say at this point moving forward that they should? I mean, obviously they would have to agree to it and all this other stuff. But I, I feel like the way we view marijuana in today's society, I almost feel like the NFL should stop testing for it. And just, I mean, I can understand, you know, hard street drugs, cocaine, you know, crack, so on and so forth. But marijuana, I mean, especially with it being legalized in different parts of the country, I feel like it's a waste of time. Paul, you get a D, if you get in trouble, you get a DWR or something like that, they're going to put you on the program. So you're not going to be able to smoke marijuana. So if you get in trouble, you're not going to be allowed to do it. I get that. I get that, but... I'm just saying moving forward. Do you think it's, it should be a situation where... No, 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 no. I agree with you. If you're not going to get in trouble, I, I think you just, I think I should be able to smoke marijuana. I don't have a problem with them smoking marijuana as long as they're not uh, riding around doing it and getting in trouble doing it. Right. It, it comes right. a problem when guys are getting in trouble. But, yes, I agree with you that, that it should be legalized. But and guys, if it's legalized, then the guys should be able to, to, uh, to, to smoke marijuana. I have no problem with that. Uh, if you do get in trouble... Then you can't do it. Period. For sure. I mean, I, well, I I can see it from that standpoint as well. But I just moving forward. I hopefully the league will think about it, revisit it, and and maybe you know do away with testing for marijuana because again, it's to me it's a waste of time. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And Willie, before we get out of here, you know, NBA playoffs are coming up. You know, we talked about it a little bit. End of the day, do the Golden State Warriors. Do it all, do it again, win it again, and win it all. I think it's going to be tough to stop them. Um, the only thing I'm going to do is they get tired and have some shooting guys. If Steph Curry has some bad games like he was having and, uh, and those jumpers don't fall, uh, somebody might have a chance if they if they get a catch and slip in a few games. Other than that, I think they repeat. You know, and the only thing, like you said, not really, um, can give them a run. Um, you know, I agree with you. I think it's going to be San Antonio that can beat them in the West. And um, in, in the East, the only team that I think will be able to give them a run for their money will be the, uh, will be the Cavaliers. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any team in the East other than the Cavaliers that can beat the Colts. And I think the Cavaliers can beat them. But like you said to the to your point, guys got to stay healthy. And if guys can stay healthy, I think it'll be a great, great NBA final. And um, you know, the Golden State Warriors. Do you think anybody will win seventy-four games? Anybody? That's gonna be hard to do. I can't believe somebody won seventy-three. Come on, yeah, I but I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that a record will be broken. Maybe somebody might. Try. I don't think that'll be broken. Not for yeah, a long that's, time. Yes, that's, that's it's going that's, to be a watered down league for somebody to break that record. Well, you can't. Well, you can argue this year. I mean, if you look at the NBA this year, you not only did you have a seventy win team, but you had a team that lost seventy plus games in the Philadelphia seventy sixers. So I mean I you know not, I don't know how much you can buy into that and say the league is watered down because of it, but I'm just saying you know you you did have a team that lost 70 games in the Philadelphia 76ers. Lakers lost 65 as well. So you know whatever that's but but I mean no I'm, you, I'm saying for somebody to break that record it's going to be a bad league for somebody to break that record. I'm saying what Golden State did was a great they had a great year, but I'm saying the only way somebody's going to break that record is the league just isn't that good and the Teams on it is good, and then some team is just real or dominant, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you look at this year, you almost had a situation where the Spurs actually, if they, you know, they actually could have won 70 games too, if they really, really pushed it and tried. I mean, they could have won mm-hmm. every game as well. Yeah, so, I mean, we shall see, but it's crazy. The Spurs won 67 games, and they're second in the Western Conference, and that talk shows you the greatness of. The Golden State Warriors. So you, uh, real quick before we go, Kobe sixty point game, garbage sixty point game, fifty shots. No, he shot twenty two or fifty. I mean, he did it. I mean, that last, that last, that last, that last, that last quarter, man, he was making everything. I, I don't call it a garbage. I think Kobe, uh, he put on the show. That was that was that was that was the hell of a game. They were trying to defend him, but he got hot, and when he got hot, it was on and. Uh, I mean, he's just a great scorer. I mean, it, uh, I mean, it just shows you how great a score he can for him to go out and and get out and put sixty. In fact, I was watching, I was watching that game again, and 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 and, 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 and um, you know, he had twelve points and was like five for ten or five for twelve early. He missed a couple, but uh, no, Kobe was doing going doing his thing, and it was it was it's fun to watch. I'm, I'm gonna watch the game over today. All right, all right, so. Well, watch it again. You tell me. I mean, 50 shots is 50 shots, a lot of shots. But I'm just – you know, the only reason I ask cause is, is it a garbage 50-point game because I see Melo, when he scored his 60, had 35 shots. You know, I'm just I'm just looking at other 60-point games. I'm seeing 30 shots from Bernard King many moons ago, 36 shots from Larry Bird. You know, Tom Chambers had 32 shots. You know, AI, when he scored his 60-plus. You know, he had 36 shots, Allen Iverson. I, I, so, I mean, Gilbert Arenas, when he had a 60, shot 32 times. So, Kobe, you know, he shot 60, 50 times. I mean, it's just, you know, it was a lot of shots. You know, it definitely is a lot oh, of okay, shots. Okay, but before, it was the last game of his career. The man's been uh, iced up from head to toe. He hasn't been shooting well at all. I mean, and, and, I mean, I mean, for him to go out and put on that type of performance with with, with everybody there and, and and the hoopla around that game, I mean, he still shot almost fifty percent, twenty two for fifty in the game, and and he I mean, he put on the show. He did put on the show in that game. So I want to say this: yeah, that, those guys had special nights, but for him to do it the last game of his career, the way he went out, it was special. 
No doubt, no doubt, and most definitely it was special. I'm just, you know, I mean, it's 50 shots, a lot of shots. But uh, to me, you know, and, and kind of agreeing with you, to me, it's a skill to be able to put up 50 shots. That's not easy to do. You know, that's a, that's that's not easy to do. So people say, you know, 50 shots, 50 shots, but it's it's not easy to put up 50 shots. And you know, he put up 50 shots. He made 22 of them for 60 points, and what a way to go out. If you're Kobe Bryant, Willie, pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, and you know Kobe Bryant. I, again, you know, I, I'm just asking a question. Was it a garbage 60 point game? And you know, I don't know if there's a such thing as a garbage 60 point game, but I, I, I just, it was special. It was, it was special what we saw. I'm just saying, comparison to others, you know, 50 point, 60 point performances, you know, you didn't see 50 shots, and, and you know, 50 shots is amazing, but it's a skill to put up 50 shots. And then, you know, speaking of craziness, crazy numbers, you know, you, you look at Steph Curry, 402 three point shots. I mean, he bested his record by 118, 116 threes. You know, he, he beat it, and then he got Clay Thompson who had 276. Any other year, that's a big time number. You look at Ray Allen with 269, his high. You know, it's it's crazy. So it, it was almost like, you know, you look at Steph Curry's 402 threes, it, it, it's almost like beating a home run record when Bonds and McGuire was, were, were shattering, you know, putting up those crazy home run numbers. And, you know, McGuire surpassed, uh, 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 was it Mar- Roger Maris' numbers? And, and you know, it, it passed that big number, that, 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 Unbreakable record, and he had not ended up knocking 70 out of the yard. You know, he shattered that mark. Well, Steph shattered his own mark of three-point shots. Just blew it up. Blew it up. And then, funny thing, you look at the 94 Houston Rockets and, and you know, the best three-point shooting teams in the, from the 80s and the, to, to 1994 – the Rockets, their best was 429. Remember, that was the year the line got pushed pushed in. You know, they moved the line in a little bit, and that was the year where all those guys were shooting threes and Akeem was getting double teamed, and they were throwing it out to Ori and, and Cassell and Kenny Smith and those boys. And, you know, they shot a whole bunch of threes, but Steph, that was 429. Steph Curry has 402. 402. Wow. Crazy. And then you got, you got, it's crazy. Crazy. And just the, just the, the, the amazing, amazing, amazing numbers that this guy put up. And it's just crazy. You look at now three-point shooting careers. Larry Bird, 649. Career. Steph Curry, 402. Three-point shots. I mean, and just Steph Curry has his year. It, it's truly amazing. The, the Warriors last season, everybody was talking about the Warriors. Oh, this team is 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 you know they 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 avoided certain teams. They avoided you know a healthy Rockets team without their starting point guard. They avoided the San Antonio Spurs. They avoided the Grizzlies without their point guard. You know they, they got lucky. They got lucky on some level, and. You know, reality is, it, 
their run through the final to the finals was an easy run. But I also will say this. I also will say this. I'll say this. They went through this whole season proving any and everybody wrong. You question them, they're proving you wrong. You question Steph Curry and whether or not he should be the MVP. Okay, now you have ups the ante and average thirty points a game. You question this team whether or not they are real. They they you know they they, they got to the NBA Finals and were fortunate to get to the NBA Finals. You question this team that won sixty seven games. They come back and win six more and win seventy three. So every time you question them, they they got better. You question them and they gotten better, 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 and better. Bottom line, before we get out of here, let's let's go back to the NBA playoffs. You know, I could talk about, you know, some of the matchups, but to me, it's, I, I think it's kind of simple. It, it, it's who can beat Cleveland and who can beat Golden State. And, and to me, you know, the Miami Heat, they're intriguing because of the addition of Joe Johnson. And, you know, the Raptors have had a, a, a good year and played Cleveland well this year. The Raptors, you know, a, a team that's Kyle Lowry, DeRozan, decent size, Valachunas. You know, they they got some decent size and, and decent ability. Terrence Frost off the bench can give you something. You know, this is a team that obviously and, – and they've they've lost in the first round over the past couple of seasons. Biombo gives them good minutes off the bench. And so this is a team if – you know, they first and foremost, like Marlon Gill said, they got to get out of the first round. And they have had a hard time doing that, lost to Brooklyn in seven – the year before, uh, two years ago, and then came back and got swept by the uh, Washington Wizards. So we'll see. We'll see. And Demar Demari Carroll's back too, and he's a guy that was 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 out for a great portion of the year. So now he's back as well. So you got Demari Carroll back. That's that's huge. That's huge. Demari Carroll's back. A guy, you know, their big time prize free agent, so he's back, and so maybe this means with Damari back, maybe, maybe, maybe this could be the move that maybe puts the Raptors over the top. Who knows? I'm not saying that they're not beating Cleveland. There's nobody in the Eastern Conference that's beating Cleveland, and that's just the reality of the situation. There's nobody in the Western Conference that's beating the Golden State Warriors. And that's just the reality of the situation. Now what's going to happen, it's going to be bottom line Warriors, Cavaliers again. And I'm going to go with the Cavaliers this time. I think the Cavaliers are going to win the series. I don't think LeBron's going to lose two uh, playoffs, uh, two NBA finals in a row. I'm going with LeBron in them. And six. I'm going with LeBron and the Cavaliers and six to win it all. I think LeBron has a lot to prove. And I think LeBron wants to get this ring. And if this would be his most impressive victory, finals victory, in my opinion, if he can get it done, considering he beat a 73-win team, considering the Golden State Warriors and how well they played. I think it would be a big time, his biggest finals victory of his career. His biggest. But we shall see. We shall see. Excuse me. I want to thank Ryan University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill for stopping by. Also want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com, slash begin. That's blogtalkradio.com, slash begin. You can send messages to the show 
on Twitter at go for can And again, you can listen to this show and other shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you next week. Take care. Bye.